Hi, and welcome to Only the Avatar. An Avatar The Last Airbender rewatch podcast. I'm Veda. And I'm Christina, and you're listening to Season 2, Episode 10, The Library. So fun. So many good library episodes throughout uh like children's television, you know, like libraries are. They just need like- the knowledge, that's for sure. When you're a kid, such magical places. Seriously, this is definitely a magical place in this 100%, episode. But yay! I'm so glad we're back. I know it's been a while. Yes, it has, and I hope you had a restful two weeks or so off. How was it? It was good. It was like the days were blurred. I was off for like 12 days. I had no clue what day of the week it was, <laughs> which is something that I needed. I really needed just to rest and stuff like that. So it was good to actually rest. Um, so apparently at my work, if you don't log into your email over a span of like a certain amount of days, they lock you out of it. Oh my gosh, that's so stressful. <laughs> and then you can't even contact us like IT and be like, I'm locked out. We call them. Oh we, have a, we have the phone number for them. But I think it's like 20 days or something like that. And then you get locked out if you don't log in one time. And so mm-hmm. one of our coworkers took like a really long break. And she came back and she was like, yeah, I spent four hours with IT trying to get back into my Oh my gosh. But we were like, hey, at least you know you had a very restful time off because you didn't log into your email one time. Yeah, that's good. That's how vacations really should be. Like you, you know, got to disconnect a little bit. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Man, I can't believe it's 2021. Like I just think back to all of our early podcast recordings and us being like, I don't know, like, it's just so fun to think we have a little time capsule of this weird time. I know, because like, we were really we didn't do it at the beginning of quarantine. We did it like two months afterwards. But like, it's crazy because we're documenting like, oh, quarantine stinks. Oh, the election. Oh, the results of the election. Like, it is really interesting. There's an article in The Atlantic that's like, okay, where will the pandemic take America in 2021? And there's a section in that article where they talk about like collective memory and how the country has to decide if they want to remember this or what they want to remember it from it. Just as like in, you know, the original pandemic in 1918, mm-hmm. like everyone made a collective decision to not document or forget about this because yeah. they had the war and then the Great Depression. So like just society just erased it basically. And they're like, I wonder if that's going to happen here because the repercussions of the pandemic are going to be so great that people won't really even talk about the pandemic and might talk about the unemployment, the mental health issues that are going to come up. And I thought, wouldn't, was- you ta- wouldn't you talk about the reasons why all those major things are happening? Like what caused it? It was like, it was from the pandemic and the lack of like our government efficiency. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I'll link the I'll link the article. I think it's worth the read. It was pretty interesting. But I like that whole idea of this collective memory and, you know, society in general, you know, deciding what they want to take back from this time. Yeah, but it's kind of scary because if you think Pat, like in history, we seem to like glance over certain things way too much. And yeah, like, for sure. Like history is like documented by the victors, right? So we don't yeah. really know true history, even in history classes and things like that. I feel like I know I talk about TikTok like literally like every episode, <laughs> but I feel like I learned so much random information from TikTok. And it's like, why didn't I learn this? Like, in high school like whether it's like the history of like 
our like our country like doing horrible shit like the cia doing horrible stuff like all throughout central america I learned about that on tiktok I learned about my like finances on tiktok like why did i learn that in school like it's just crazy <laughs> how bad our education system is i have the i have the line so it basically it says you know the influenza pandemic that began began in 1918 killed as many as 100 million people over two years it was one of the deadliest disasters in history and the one all subsequent pandemics are now compared with at the time the atlantic did not cover it in the immediate aftermath it really disappeared from the public consciousness says scott Knowles, a disaster historian at drexel university it was swamped by world war one and then the great depression all of that got crushed into one era an immense crisis can be lost amid the rush of history Knowles wonders if the fracturing of democratic norms or the economic woes that COVID-19 set off might not subsume the current pandemic. I think we're in this liminal moment of collectively deciding what we're going to remember and what we're going to forget, says Martha Lincoln, a medical anthropologist at San Francisco State University. I thought that was really interesting. That's really interesting. I wonder what's going to come of it. Like, I feel like, yeah, a lot of things are going to happen. I think some people are saying like, Tomorrow is, or like January 6th is the end of the Republican Party. So that might be something that we think about more. Like, I don't know if that's going to happen, but it might be something that we think about more than the actual like, like pandemic or like the thought of like Donald Trump being our president. Like, will that be a race in history and things like that? Like, like, are we going to just forget that that whole thing happened? But I feel like it's different now because there's just so much media now that's like been covering it. And like, there's so much media now than there was then. And like, everyone's covering, we have social media that's covering it. Like, will we really forget it? I don't know. I don't know. But like, when you think back to this library thing or throughout history, when people actually wrote shit down, something happens and everything's gone or like, you know, great spirit comes and in anger decides to sink a whole library under sand. You know, I mean, know. hey, they're suing Facebook. That's part of the problem, right? Yeah. And also like so many things are just lost in the internet, right? As servers change, as things like that, it's just lost. Well, there's like, just like so much information, right? Like there's so many things happening. You can't really focus on one thing because there's so many different stories that like yeah. deserve attention, but you can't give your attention to all of it at the same time. Yeah, completely. Oh. Should we jump into the summary? Yeah, let's do it. So with the help of a quirky professor, the gang decides to take a mini vacation in the desert to a hidden library. During their stay, they find a major weakness against the Fire Nation, a solar eclipse that blocks Firebender's powers. This information could really be beneficial and help them win the war. So the leader or the the spirit that controls the library, the spirit of knowledge, Wan Chi Tong, They promised the spirit that they would only use the knowledge in the library for the sake of learning, learning itself, and not for any harm or to cause any trouble or to cause any problems, because the spirit basically says that, you know, people only want knowledge to destroy other people. But once they learn that the eclipse blocks firebender powers, they want to tell the Earth King about this information and use this information to put the Fire Nation back in its place. 
Yeah. And this decision has some dire consequences because Wan Shi Tong actually found out that they're going to tell the Earth King about this to win the war. So Wan Shi Tong gets super mad and says all humans are the same. They only use knowledge to seek power. And he decides to bury the library. So he's the only one that can really hold that knowledge. And because the gang knows too much, he wants to destroy Aang, Katara, and Sokka. And while this is all happening, Toph is above the ground because this library is underground, and she's trying her best to save the rest of the gang by holding up the library as best she can. MVP. MVP in that scene. Yeah. But in the end, she ends up losing Appa to the evil sandbenders. Great episode. Um, Didn't parts of it when they're lost and running around in the library underground weirdly remind you of Inside Out, or was that just me? Inside, I haven't seen Inside Out in a while, so I. But I can, I think I could. Yeah, I can imagine that. I can see that. <laughs> like when they're going down and looking through all those memories, and everything is just disheveled, and they're trying to figure it out. Like, there's a lot of tropes in here, and like you know, this library, this center of information, like what we were mm-hmm. talking about earlier. I just love that imagery in this episode, and of course, we've seen this library before with another character who actually got the spirit um, of knowledge really angry, Zhao. Zhao, yeah. This is like the last time we ever hear of Zhao in in this series, in Avatar The Last Airbender. I believe he makes an appearance in Legend of Korra, but that's Mm -hmm. for another series another another podcast to talk about <laughs> Legend of Korra. um but you know it totally plays into the idea that the wanchi tong is talking about that humans only want knowledge to seek power right like yeah. I, I agree with power. this though yeah right it's it's a true momentum like it really i don't know like the fact that Zhao you use this to cause so much trouble with the moon and then like they understand the destruction caused by like knowing too much. And also the Mm -hmm. fact that there's so much information in there that's just been lost. And another aspect of the library I really enjoyed is that it does a little bit of foreshadowing and like it holds all of time within the series, right? Like it does a little foreshadowing, but it also talks about past episodes and everything is tied together. Yeah, I really liked that we there were so many things they referred to throughout the entire episode that was from past episodes, from foreshadowing how the series ends and things like that. Like we see the lion turtles. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's something from the very, very, like a very long time ago, like 10,000 years ago, but it also helps Aang in his quest to defeat the Fire Lord. Um, we see that the gifts that they give Wan Chi Tong are based off of past episodes, like the waterbending scroll. That was from the episode, the waterbending scroll, obviously. <laughs> um, the the wanted poster of Aang is from the deserter. Um, and also just even like the little things where at the end of the episode, Wan Chi Tong is like, I know Southern waterbending style, Northern waterbending style, and Foggy Swamp Bender style. That's clearly like the swamp, you know, mm-hmm. that they went to when they first had that vision of Toph. So I really like that there were so many um, references. So many. Re- I love that there were so many references throughout the entire episode. Same, and it just it just shows how powerful knowledge is. And I also was thinking back to Iroh, right? Like him collecting information from different kingdoms to strengthen his own bending. And it's like, that's kind of what they would be able to do in this library as well. Um, And like the professor was such a great character. 
I love the professor. I thought it was really, really cool. And I think that if it was just the professor that came to the library, if it was solely him, I think Wan Chi Tong would have a totally different perspective of humans because Wan Chi Tong thinks that like it's, oh, all humans just seek power. They only want knowledge for power. They're all just destructive. They're trying to ruin the earth, ruin each other. And the only reason they use knowledge is to do that. But if he met like Professor Jay, he would have known that like, oh, there are some people that seek knowledge just for knowledge's sake because he was so pure in his thought process of like he was so pure and passionate about just knowledge in general. I like that they included him in this episode because it answers that question that's posed by the spirit, right? Like, there Mm -hmm. obviously are people who want knowledge for knowledge's sake, and he's the one who decides to stay in the library and be buried to his death, right? With the collection of all of these books, and like, that's enough for him, right? Like, there are people who are willing to get lost in the knowledge and aren't using it for some sort of, like, material gain. Yeah. Did you um, ever watch The Twilight Zone? That like that whole scene of him being like, this is like my life's dream to find this library. Like, I can't leave it now. I just Mm -hmm. got here. Like, I just want to read everything. Yeah. There's an episode of The Twilight Zone about this apocalypse that happens and this only one person survives. And he's actually totally fine with Apocalypse because now he finally has time to read all of his books. He's so excited (laughs) about it. But then he breaks his glasses so he can't read. Oh, my gosh. What a great I know, but him, like the professor being able to just be like, I just want knowledge. Like I will die just reading these books. That was such a big parallel for me of like the Twilight Zone. And it's so interesting. Yeah, it's like your life's work and you have to leave right away. Yeah. And he's like, I don't care if I have to, I don't get to publish this stuff. Like, at least I'll be yeah. here and reading just it. Just for knowledge's sake, right? He just yeah. wants to read to read. But if that was his life's goal and, like, he would rather die reading than live, that actually kind of kind of makes sense. I really like that character of all. Me too. I thought it was really cool. I, I was like, oh, sorry, go ahead. And I also liked how he interacted with the children, like the gang, because they're children. And so he's like, look at the buttresses. And they're all laughing. And he's like, buttress. What? <laughs> I don't get it. And him like talking about, look at this intricate mural of like using all these big words to describe the owl, you know, that's mm-hmm. the spirit. And the gang is just like, what? And he goes, that's a nice owl picture. Like, that's all he says instead. I just thought it was so funny. Like, you forget that like Avatar is a bunch of kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> like, the library reminded me of two other ancient libraries in our world. One is the Great Library of Alexandria, which was in Egypt. And I think partly because, you know, it's surrounded by sand and it was like this large knowledge. Yeah. If all the world was there and it was like dedicated to the muses and all and things like that. Um, And it had a lot of scrolls and it was like, it was very extremely well funded for a period of time. And then suddenly something happened. And some people say that uh, the library was burnt down. I thought it was Alexander the Great that burned it down or something yes, like that. Yes, definitely burnt down part of it. But there was also uh, a period where it just was like not as popular to be an intellectual and people were going through the kingdom and murdering people who were considered an intellectual. So like oh, the, wow. the library wasn't, you know, as popular Popular, like obviously for safety and within society like it showed a shift to what was important like within knowledge and the fact that this library has been here for so long and is covered by sand right like 
our library in in Avatar, like it seems like the world is is focused on the war. Like people have forgotten yeah, that they don't have time for like random intellectualism. Like they really yeah. need knowledge to seek like the end of the war because that's their livelihood at the end of the day. Yeah, and then um, the fi- the Fire Nation actually burnt down their whole section of the I library. Know, that is actually very smart, but I'm like, oh, those little jerks. Yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> like they didn't want anyone to know, and like they probably yeah. you can think back to the early days of the war when they were like, we need to protect ourselves. Like we need to. St- we need to make sure no one knows our history. No one knows their history. We need to be in control of the knowledge about our people. Yeah, that was exactly what we were talking about earlier. Yeah. Like, who tells the story? The victor. So they're trying to save themselves before, you know, they so, win the war. I thought there were some mirrors to the great library of Alexandria. And mm-hmm. um, another library that I thought of um, is by this uh, another writer, Borges, the Library of Babel. And this is such an interesting isn't story. That in the li- isn't that in the Bible, right? It's not. Uh, that's the Tower of Babel. Different. Yeah, the Library of Babel. And okay. it's it's kind of crazy because this idea of this library, um, a lot of people say that like Borges uh, thought of the idea of the internet by envisioning this library. So basically it's this enormous, um, enormous space with all of these hexagonal rooms, but, and there's thousands and thousands of books in here and they all use the same characters, but they're in code. So people know that all the knowledge, all of the knowledge of the world is in this library. Everything is in there. All the most useful information of the world is in there. But you have to understand the code. Oh, that's, that's like the Tower of Babel in the Bible. Everyone, like every language is spoken. Or I'm I'm a bad Christian. I don't know exactly the story. But, it's just like but no I believe can... it's like everyone knows a different language, but none of them can okay. speak to each other. Yeah, so this so is like, like the same idea. There's just so much information that everyone starts to get like suicidal in there because they can't they can't understand what's inside these yeah. books. That's a, that's a true. That's a true. Um, it's like a different take on the Tower of Babel in the Bible. So it's really cool. I never um, really realized it's, that. It's a really good story. But yeah, it kind of reminded me of this too, right? Like they don't know what they're looking for. They're looking for something, but they don't know what they're looking for when they're inside. And I really like this episode. Me too. Um, but I know we talked about like actual libraries that remind us of, you know, Wanchi Tongs Library, but the library was actually like architecturally inspired by a mix of Turkey's Hagia Sophia and India's Taj Mahal, which I thought was really cool that they're always just pulling things from real life. Mm-hmm. So. And both extremely beautiful buildings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. For sure. What did you think of uh, like them all planning mini vacations for themselves? <laughs> I thought that was really cute. Very adult of them. You know, they're doing adult things. So they need to have adult experiences like mini vacations. So much jealous. I wish I could take a mini vacation right now. <laughs> but I was dying when Sokka denies Top's a vacation because he's like, you haven't been working here long enough. I know. It was so funny. <laughs> I- I also like because, you know, Katara had her mini vacation at the Oasis. The Oasis had such strong Star Wars vibes. Like it looked like Tatooine. And even the sandbenders looked like the sand mm-hmm. people in Star Wars's like universe Tatooine as well. So I really thought they had, I love that they pull inspiration from real, like not Star Wars isn't real, but from a real literate real movie and things like that it also could be from dune because if you've read dune or watched the movie it does really look like that too like because it yeah. takes place in this very sandy location um i guess all deserts someone look alike yeah i guess 
The sandbenders were cool, though. Yeah, the sandbenders really look like the sand people from Tatooine. And then you have that tavern. They walk into the tavern and, like, all these people are there. That's a straight scene from Star Wars as well. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> but you um, Star Wars? I, like, have only watched, uh, like, the new three. I never watched the old ones, which is bad. Also, the juice that they make in the tavern looks really good. I know. I wanted it. I like that they were using swords and stuff like that to, like, <laughs> make it. It's definitely, like, a tour a very touristy place because they're doing touristy things to like showcase the drinks which i thought it was cool really good that ice bowl oh my gosh like i needed that <laughs> i know <laughs> i liked toff in this episode too i thought she was just like so funny in general like her being like oh i see the library over there where they're flying trying to find the library she's like i see it right over there that's what one of you guys will say because i can't see like her sarcasm is just so much it's so much deeper than Sokka's sometimes like she really just hits it like oh my gosh she was so funny in this episode and i love the scenes when obviously when they find the library and they all decide to go down like they made that promise to appa that he can't he he never has to go underground again and Toph mm-hmm. is uncomfortable underground um i mean she, she she's uncomfortable in sand sorry she since she can't really see as well it's very fuzzy since of, like and like, well, like they're like you don't want to hang out and see the library she's like what's what am i gonna see there like call me if they have things i can listen to like she has just no interest because <laughs> she can't see anything and <laughs> Get the show an audiobook. Get some mail. Like yeah, that's like that is absolute sense. She's like, I just, I don't think she even wanted to go down because she can't see. She can't see above ground either. Like she's describing that the sand is just makes everything fuzzy. But like her, the fact that there's nothing for her to see down there. (laughs) And I loved her interaction with Appa. Like while they're just hanging out above ground, like they just have those awkward silences. And like when they first, like when the get the rest of the gang goes down to the library, she's just like sup to like Appa. So funny, and I honestly would watch a show with just the two of them. Appa and Pop's Adventures. It'd be a little awkward, but I also liked when she he's like making noise. I think he could hear the sandbenders or something, and she's just like, "I told you, I don't want to snuggle." Like I thought it was so. Funny. I was dying at that part. It's just so cool. Um, I also like the idea of the fox librarians kind of thing that assist the spirit of knowledge that collect knowledge from all over the world and basically Mm -hmm. are the librarians in this place. Apparently those knowledge seekers, the foxes, they're roughly designed after um, one of the Avatar staffers' dogs, Sophie. I thought that was so so cute. cute. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so cute. Very foxy. <laughs> are they sexy or are they actual foxes? They're both. Yeah. <laughs> also, do you know who vo- voices uh, Wan Chi Tong? No. Who is it? Hector Elizondo from The Princess Diaries. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> this is his voice. Out. I like The very first time I watched this episode, I was like, that voice sounds familiar. So I automatically like looked it up. And I was like, who is that voice? And I'm like, oh, my God, it's the driver from Rince's Diary. <laughs> Wait, isn't this one of the best? Like, isn't this, like, Knowledge Spirit one of the best uh, side characters created? I think it's one of my favorites. I think I think it. he's the best just because, like, the things that he does. Like, after this, this episode is, like, a turning point in season two overall. And that's based off of, like, what Ron Chi does. They finally have a plan and a path. 
right? Like they there's that, but they also lose Appa. Yeah. And that's a major part of season two is them trying to find Appa, trying to figure out where he is. And like that changes like we could talk about it like in later episodes that it changes Aang throughout the rest of the season until he finds Appa again. Oh my gosh, we're getting to some depressing episodes coming up. I know. I was really sad when they took Appa. Like, can we Me talk too. about like, losing Appa? Um, one top are trying to hold up the entire library, all while the Sandbenders are trying to steal Appa. Like, she literally was doing all that she can to like help. Seriously, was- my my heart went out to her because she was trying to do both. She didn't know what to do. Like, she's gonna lose her yeah. friends, lose Appa. Like, that's such a stressful choice. I know, and it feels like yeah, you have to save like. The Avatar. You have to save the Avatar. Like, oh, also, I mean? why didn't, like, the knowledge spirits say anything to Aang when Aang was like, oh, I'm the Avatar? Like, I felt like, wouldn't any person from the spirit world have something to say to the Avatar or, like, have some sort of connection to that? I thought that was a little odd. Uh, yeah, I could see that, too. But I... I'm trying to think of every time they've met other spirits and stuff. I think, like, Wan Chi Tong just hates humans. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, like, Aang is a human. Granted, he has, like, spiritual connections. At the end of the day, he's a human. And I don't think, like, Wan Chi Tong's character is, like, the type of – to be, like, this one's special. Like, I think he has a blanket thought about all of them because every single one of them has disappointed him. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. I think he's just like, oh, another person to disappoint me. Mm-hmm. But – that's just my thought process. Also, did you know what Wan Chi Tong translates to? No, what is it? It translates to he who knows 10,000 things. And what does he say in the beginning of that when he's introduced? Yeah, I, I know 10,000 10, things. things. <laughs> and I was like, oh, he definitely knows more than that. <laughs> like, that was my thought process. Like, look at this library. I mean, like, the library is huge, but I, it's just part of his name. Maybe he started knowing 10,000 things and he was born and then it grew to more, you know? Yes. <laughs> the planetarium in the library seemed that was a great scene so beautiful just yeah was- we okay so the the library is sinking right mm-hmm. and they're like we got to get out of here but Sokka's like oh my gosh but we don't know the day of the eclipse we must go to the planetarium to figure it out and then they're doing it they're taking their time to do it but like why couldn't they just leave and find another planetarium I don't oh, understand why oh they have God. to wait there for it. Because it's not like it's like, it's clear that there's things called planetariums in this world. Because Professor Zay goes, oh my God, look at this planetarium. The fact, if there's a name for it, it's somewhere else in this world, right? 100%. Also, like if they found, you know what I mean? Like they they can calculate when the next eclipse is. Yes. Like there's no technology that. for that. Like they did not need to stay in the library. If they got out <laughs> earlier, that Toph wouldn't have to focus her energy on saving the tower and Appa would be saved. I honestly was like, okay, you know it's an eclipse now. Just use math to find out when the next eclipse like go find an astronomer like that could be the next task once you get out of the sinking library why do you have to go back oh my gosh i was so mad i was like oh sakas we got so annoying sometimes. Like so annoying. he's like, I'm gonna trick the owl. Like, dude, he's this all-knowing spirit. Like he knows you're lying. lying. (laughs) Wait, Christina, are you scared of birds? 
Yes. Oh my god, terrified. That, I would be so I was terrified like, when I was Katara, like zipping through the library. Like, no, 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 no. I was like, were you freaking out when the owl was like stomping his beak in there? Like he was getting a oh, little. That weird. was so crazy with his neck. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh, like ew, like no, yeah. I was fre- I was thinking like if I was Katara, I'd be freaking out right now. <laughs> Also, uh, like, wouldn't I'm surprised they didn't even realize that because they do know that, like, what they saw this in the finale of the last episode that the moon makes water bending stronger. When there was no moon, no one could bend. Like, they know that they're tied to the elements. I'm surprised that this was such a shock. I guess, like, maybe guess, in their like, world they don't realize that the sun is like a huge ball of fire. Like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, obviously, I think maybe it shows the power of, like, fake news because there's no information on the Fire Nation since they burned everything down. Like, people just have no yeah. idea. Yeah, that's true. They don't know. But fortunately, everyone got out of the library. Um, I forgot to mention, when we were talking about Professor Jay and him deciding to stay in the library, this mm-hmm. isn't the last time we see him mm. in this universe. We see him in Legend of Korra. I have to rewatch Korra. His skeleton. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, I mean, it's been like hundreds of years, and I don't think there's any food down there. So <laughs> I don't know. You can ask one of the foxes to bring something. I don't know what they. I know. Maybe he'd be friends with the foxes. But... <laughs> but sometimes I'm like, it seems kind of nice. I, I think I'd stay in there. I mean, yeah, so you have so many books to read. You can hang out with the foxes, but I am kind of mad at the fox because, like, obviously one of the foxes snitched on the gang trying yeah. to figure out like the day of black sun but i mean it's their job well, overall what do you think like do you think knowledge should be used solely for the sake of knowledge or should it be used for for experiencing and doing things to help i mean you i think it, i think it will always be used to be doing things but we don't know what our repercussions are because we can't see as far into the future you know what i mean yeah. like yeah, like totally. okay great like we have the industrial revolution, things are going good, but then it's like, oh, wow, look, climate change. Or even yeah. like, oh, look, we invented the atomic bomb and like, <laughs> like, great, like this is causing a lot of problems. And like Oppenheimer, after he created the bomb, knew that he was holding something that was bad, you know, like even though yeah. it's just like, I think you feel it. Like when you feel, you know that it's, you're creating such great change but we don't know how things are going to be used or how things are going to go. And some, you know, so it's just, I feel like. But then we'd be so stagnant if we did nothing, you yeah. know, I mean, just have to take that risk because like we need to progress. The gang has to stop this war. And like yeah. the spirit, I understand the spirit's uh, like tendency to shut in and be like, you guys are using it incorrectly because I feel like, you know, sometimes when you think about it, like all religion was started off to like, make us better and like create a yeah. community and, and then, then look there at it. religious wars and you're like yeah oh, that's not the point of religion <laughs> so it's like almost like okay like great like humans just morph to this into something else yeah and it's I mean, easier right. to do that too wanji tong like has a different perspective because he isn't a he's a spirit and he's yeah. just viewing humans from like an outside world like he doesn't know them he doesn't understand the nuances with them or the context of things that are going on so he's just seeing like one human using knowledge to hurt another human he doesn't understand 
like these people in general yeah and Um, also like spirits and humans sometimes are looking at the world completely differently like as humans we're looking at our specific time spirits can be looking at like millennia you know that's going to be around for so long but like there are things that they need to do like spirits don't need to survive humans do right so they need to use that power to help them survive and i think ang says we just want to protect the people we love you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like that they need to do that that also that line really reminds me of the show i watch called the 100 it's like a post-apocalyptic show that was on Mm -hmm. the cw but all they talked about was like, we have to help our friends. We have to help the people we protect and love. But like, they'll say that and then like destroy like a huge population of people because they're at war with one another. You know what I mean? I don't know. Humans are dumb. They are dumb, but we, it's like we're very short sighted. While like spirits are probably more think of things in the long term, obviously, because they got a lot more time. So, yeah, what I think this is a very philosophical episode. I love the imagery in it. And we're left off with like a crazy, another crazy cliffhanger with Appa being missing. Yeah, it was just weird that Sokka Katara were just so excited to get out of the library, but they didn't notice that Appa was gone. Like, nice one, guys. This enormous (laughs) creature that you use as a vehicle and is your friend is missing. Like, how did you not see that? Like, obviously, Aang knew right away because that's his, like, bud. And Toph knows because she it happened. Yeah. But I felt so bad when they saw Appa get taken away. Also, that was so sad, them, like, tying him up and dragging oh him. Gosh, when she was just, like, tearing up saying, I'm sorry, Appa. That was so devastating to watch oh, because, like, so you painful. knew she did all she could. And then seeing Aang at the end tearing up knowing Appa's gone because Toph couldn't talk to him about what happened oh heart-wrenching extremely heart-wrenching let's see i think i think we mostly covered everything like we know the eclipse we find out about the eclipse because of that burnt piece of paper it's the darkest day in fire nation history like the one remaining thing is what tells them about the eclipse um Mm -hmm. yeah i think we mostly covered everything we know that the eclipse is coming up they have a path they just need to find appa to get where they need to go next episode is called the desert because as you know, they're going to be walking through the desert because Appa's not around. Oh my gosh, it's like last season they were walking on an ice tundra and now they're walking on the desert. Like all the terrain. I think when this episode first premiered too, it it like the library episode and the next episode, the desert premiered at the same like same time. Like it was mm-hmm. an hour block and it was titled Ang's Fury. Because <laughs> like, he's just oh, so gosh. mad. Oh, he's mad. Don't watch Avatar, Avatar, the Fury of Ang. Pretty Don't close. mess with Aang. Do not mess with that. Usually you can, but not when in terms of Appa. <laughs> yes. There's a few things that really matter to him. And it's Appa. <laughs> uh, but great episode. I'm going to rate it like, I don't know, like a 4.8 out of 5. I, I thought it was I'm, awesome. I think we're giving it a 5. Look at you. I know. Maybe I'm feeling generous today. <laughs> Honestly, like when I would rewatch the show, like when I'd be like, oh, I'm just going to put on a random episode, I always tend to go towards like the library. I always really like this episode. It's really good. And it's just like, it's a fun change of tone. I don't know. I really like this season. Yeah. I feel like the change of pace really picks up now that we know how to win the war and Appa's gone because that's a huge part of the season and them just trying to find him. I so also I just, just really you know, love all of the references and like styles that they play with, like whether it's cowboys, whether it's like space or, you know, like, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know. I just feel like they, they're playing with some 
like other references so there's always like a twinge of the familiar which makes it really easy to watch but then yeah. like they twist it you know it's really good yeah um actually i think that this underground library too was an old idea that they had in the beginning of the series mm-hmm. and it was obviously mentioned in book one when we, like Zhao's like i went to an underground library but they didn't know where to technically really put it in so they put it in mid- the middle of season two it also has indiana jones vibes to me this this episode. other underground trying to find yeah. these architectural things and whatnot but i mean this is basically we're halfway through the entire series at this point I know, right? crazy a lot is happening lot to come can't wait to discuss it <laughs> same and you know if you enjoyed our episode and have enjoyed listening to us please leave us a review follow us on instagram, us on instagram. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and let us know email us with any suggestions yeah um, yeah until then we'll talk to you next week and thanks, thanks for, for listening, listening. Bye. Bye.